Hello, welcome to episode 3.5, or as probably iTunes is going to catalog this one, episode 4. I think, you know, we should just call it episode 4. Because as we go through this thing, there's going to be more and more episodes where we realize they have to be two episodes. Yeah, I mean, even, like, just thinking about The Fragile at this point, well, yeah, uh, going, that might be a triple header. The, yeah, The Fragile itself, I, as I, I've been dabbling lately, and there's like eight different versions of that album. Yeah. And ghosts will be four episodes. Because uh, there's so much to talk about with ghosts. I mean, we really got to dive into all of the uh, guitar screeches and scrawls, right? Mark, you were doing an intro. Uh, I was. So, as always, you've got the man on the mic, Mark Branstead, uh, Nine Inch Nails super fan. Uh, I've got with me to my direct right, Eric M. Anderson. Esquire. That's right. That's right. And then the man, the myth, the Stephen E. Chambers. Sitting in the light of a freshly risen fake Christmas tree. That's right. Tis the season for that. This is my my favorite month of the year. Not only because you've got the birth of Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's number one with the bullet. (laughs) (laughs) Number two is the birth of Stephen E. Chambers. Mm -hmm. And on that same day, on that same day, we've got the birth of Towns. Oh, yeah, the birth of my son on that same day 35 years later. It was strange if it was the same day. It was the same day. <laughs> uh, it, it was uh, kind of this weird man-fell-to-earth fell situation. Yeah. Birthdays aside, I just like December. Yeah, birth- I like all the Christmas lights. Sure. And I like the cold weather. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. about all I need. That's some good commentary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the music? Do you like the music? Do you think Nine Inch Nails should do a Christmas album? I would... I Actually... I think they could. I think. Could. Have you ever listened to uh, the Low Christmas album? The Low Christmas album? By the band Low. Oh, okay. I thought we were talking. No, no I have not. It's a great album. It's no Yuletide Wranglers. Sure. But what it's, is? Uh, yeah. it's the kind of thing I could see Nine Inch Nails doing if they were to try to do a christmas E thing, a, uh, a winter solstice type thing. Sure. Very, yeah. sub- very subdued. It's, uh, it's good. I think that's the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo soundtrack. That's probably going to be the closest thing to a holiday album from Trent. Um, But anyways, so uh, I pulled a boner last episode, uh, to put it lightly, and something got missing. Um, And that would be the last half of the Downward Spiral, so there was some uh, awesome commentary that you all missed on. Last third, the last third. Yeah, I guess you know. I'm mean, right after Big Man with the Gun. We uh, we just we blew our load, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, right before Warm Place was going to take us into that gentle wonderland. Right, uh, things just uh, things fall apart. Things fall apart. But you know that's cute. <laughs> Sometimes things happen for a reason, and I think we should have probably cut it off right about there. And going forward, we now have a roadmap for these. Uh, these milestone albums, or these sections where we're going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of content. You know, I, I think if you go out there and you, you look up the average uh, podcast downloader, they probably don't want something that's more than like an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, who's got a commute, a two-hour commute to uh, to their job? I mean, that's uh, that's almost a week's worth of content. Well, I, I drove to Tolarium back in one day on Tuesday, but that's not my normal commute. I just wanted to whine about it again. Just throw that out there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, right. so uh, to lead us off, uh, we've already set the scene of 1994. Um, Eric did a fantastic job on that on our last ep. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're just going to go right into where we left off with a warm place. Uh, Stephen, well, what do you got for me? What's uh, what's a warm place to do? Well, for I'm you? gonna I'm going to upfront say that as we finish off the downward spiral, you know, when we listened to it when when I prepared for the last episode, I listened to it nonstop for two weeks straight. And then after that, you're like, well, I don't need to listen to the downward spiral anymore uh, for a while. So now we're back and we're talking about it. And it's not as fresh in my mind, but I, I, I do have some long-term emotions about some of these songs. And one of which is that A Warm Place is a very, uh, it's a very warm, relaxing song. <clears throat> and uh, the sequencing of this album is perfect because there's a cut, there, there, not to go along with somebody's three-act play idea, yeah. but the way the album's set up is that the first batch of songs work perfectly as like one little mini-album, and the second batch does. And then from A Warm Place on, it starts, you know, Warm Place is instrumental, and the next track's kind of half-instrumental. And then later, The Downward Spiral is even kind of an instrumental song for a bit there. Mm-hmm. So they all, they all flow together. And um, I think A Warm Place really opens up this la- like the last passage of the album well. Um, and it's absolutely necessary after a big man with a gun, which is just a terrible assault on, on good taste and senses. Right. Uh, the angst diversion of my, uh, teenage years, I was like, you know, man, when I die and they're lowering me into that, that cold, cold ground, I want this song to be playing. It's, uh, you know, hopefully it's raining outside, you know, (laughs) but now I think that's ridiculous. Uh... (laughs) beautiful yeah it's, yeah it's comforting it's comforting now what's weird is uh, i don't remember who brought this up was the david bowie connection mm-hmm. because i had no idea until i heard it and i and i was, was blown away as probably trent felt when he <laughs> made that connection well he was probably a little bit more upset uh but what's the story on this one um from what i understand uh when trent reznor first uh recorded this he was like man that melody it's uh it's gotta be used somewhere else before like what What's the deal? Like, uh, he brought it to the producer, Flood, and Flood was like, yeah, yeah, it sounds great, but it doesn't ring a bell. Uh, So later, after the album's been released, um, and he purchases a reissue version of Scary Monsters and Super Creeps by a friend of the show, David Bowie, Uh, may he ever rest in peace, Um, and he comes to the B-side, Crystal Japan, and uh, we're going to go ahead and drop a little, little edit for you guys, and you guys can be the judge. But uh, I certainly can tell the resemblance. I wouldn't say it's a direct ripoff like uh, uh, American Girl and uh, uh, Tom Petty's version of American Girl or Tom Petty's song of American Girl and the Strokes last night, which it sounds exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, this is this really, I mean, and especially when you hear the interview with them kind of, their audio history, or, or their their uh, verbal history, kind of talking about it, uh, you can tell like it was it was an <laughs> one of those those just kind of things that got stuck in his his craw. Well, the, the only part that really the part that sounds you don't want things stuck in your craw. The no. part that sounds like the same song is the blong 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 yeah blong 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 blong. It's like a little glass piano sound. Maybe. Yeah, that, that that's that's yeah. the similarity. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good call out there. But when you think about it, that part of A Warm Place definitely sounds like it could be low air David Bowie. So, yeah, right. It fits perfectly. You know, I had no idea. Uh, another bit of 
I always thought this was just going to be uh, a complete uh, instrumental track, but it, it turns out later. And do you guys remember that movie Stigmata? I never thi- saw it, but it was Kevin Bacon. Yeah, it was I, like a. It was I like think a Billy Corgan did the poorly the score for related it. or poorly rated horror film, but yeah, I I, I do remember. Wait, who was in it? Um, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon and one of the Arquettes. Oh, yeah. Patricia Arquette. Maybe Kevin Bacon wasn't it. Maybe I'm thinking of Hollow Man. I was thinking Um, of Maybe you're thinking of Stir of Echoes. Oh, yeah. You're right. That's probably it. Uh, I was thinking of uh, End of Days with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which famously had the song that was the Guns N' Roses coming back Mm -hmm. called Oh My God, which is them trying to be industrial. And then Chinese democracy didn't come out for 15 years more. So... Mm. Speaking I do of, remember that, yeah. Oh, I, I, just to derail it for a minute, but we're talking soundtracks. I mean, you guys remember The Fan? Oh, Robert yeah. Nice. Absolutely. They used, they used I, half the songs off this album. That's, the that's, that's the, as Mark is a Giants fan, that's a <laughs> part of his lore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, man. We might get Giancarlo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Um, but yeah, it's so anyway, are, there, are we trying to tell me there's lyrics to the song? There is lyrics. It was uh, done by a uh, a woman named Stella Katsudis. I probably mispronounced. Are her they? Name. Do they actually exist somewhere where they were sung? Uh, he uploaded the track on Remix dot uh, and he being oh, yeah. Tr himself to Remix dot uh, and they scrapped this from that movie Stigmata. Um, oh yeah, that was probably the. One of the mini. So this is kind of like a, a Star Trek original series situation. Yeah. You guys, do you guys know there's lyrics to the Star Trek theme song? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll have to dig this up, but I've never that. actually heard this. But apparently, you can actually find it on the Sister Solil uh, Bandcamp profile. Okay. Uh, so if you want to upload this, the theme song to Star Trek with its lyrics too, you can. There you go. Yeah, I'm sure they all fit together. Well, let's uh, let's make a pact right now that we don't. Do an episode dedicated to remix.nin.com, whatever it's called. Absolutely, I don't. Have, there's, there's not enough time in the world for that. I'm actually. I don't I'm going to bring up. The, I'm going to bring that website up again a little bit later, but there's way too much just stuff that's not worth talking about. Yeah. Okay. All right. To get lost in there. Blood packed. We just all cut our fingers and somewhere and like it. around 2005, Trent Reznor put everything he had left on the internet at that time. Mm. There was the remixnin.com, and then he uploaded like a perfect version of Closure. He allegedly uploaded uh, the the broken movie. Right. He uploaded. Remember, remember <clears throat> when he uploaded like ten gigs of high def footage from the last two tours or something. That's all at right. Once? And he expected fans to edit them, them themselves, he, he, and they would be like fan he versions. Kinda, of he kind of became yeah. like this. Only he, he took the whole Radiohead thing too far. Yeah. I think we don't audience, have all the time for that. I want, I want some of it just given to me. Yeah. I don't want to work for it that hard. Right. I'm not in Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> uh, I. You know, yeah. that's not my job. My job is to consume it, not to create it. Although, that being said, I have edited together a few versions of what I think is the perfect Fragile album. So, you know. All right. I'm not <laughs> above it. Okay. Well, Upload this... it to remix.nin.com. <laughs> this, this song ends with uh, this weird, airy sound, and I'm quite sure, I've not looked this up, but I'm quite sure it's either a clarinet or a flute, somebody blowing air through it in the rhythm... Oh, of our okay. next song, Erasure. Erasure? Um, no, it's not the Vince Clark band. It's just oh, Eraser. 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 Yeah, Eraser. I know. Let me do it. For uh, you know, I've been talking a lot about um, is White Town's My my Woman. Um, so I think that's why <laughs> I have Erasure on the brain. It's a good song. That's uh, unfortunate. <laughs> I've, I've never, uh, I've always had a problem with Erasure. 
Um, James of Love, if, is that their big song? If you're going to take that much of a step down from Depeche Mode, you might as well just stop. Yeah. I've had many arguments on Erasure about their pantheon into, you know, synth pop, and I always seem to be on the losing end of it, and I just have to shrug well, my shoulders. As, as, of, today, said, as I, of today, I decided I'm a Soft Cell fan, yeah. and I'd rather go listen to Soft Cell oh, any yeah. day of the week so, before Erasure. Yeah, Sex Dwarf. Yeah, the sec- Soft Cell's great. Uh, Although, they're not as bad as Yaz, <laughs> upstairs at Eric's. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That album cover, you'd always see it in the used section. Yeah. What was their big hit? I don't know. Good job. That's <laughs> <laughs> So what's the next track there, Steven? It's Eraser. Yeah. Eraser. And Eraser also it's like I was saying earlier, it this you know, this is the section of the album where they're the last few songs of the album Reptile not as much, Hurt not as much, but A Warm Place, Eraser, and the title track. All either don't have lyrics or their lyrics are not like verse, chorus, verse. They're kind of like arias or they, you know, they just build up to a spoken word section that blasts and <clears> shouting. Um, and Eraser, Eraser is, is very much in that, in that mold where it's a, uh, it opens up with the, the insects buzzing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of insects those are. Yeah. Let's assume they are locusts. Right. It opens up with the, with the locust sample. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then the, and, then the, and then it sounds like somebody's like, there, yeah, there's a, is there a sprinkler sample there? It's not a sprinkler. It's what Eric said. I it's, think it's a clarinet or a flute. Okay. It's created by blowing into the mouthpiece of a saxophone. I thought yeah. it was a woodwind. I knew it was a woodwind. Well, I prefer that. <laughs> I prefer to think of it as a sprinkler. It. I mean, I always thought it was a sprinkler. It sounds like a sprinkler, and it sounds like somebody's opening and shutting a rusty gate. Right. And then uh, that goes on for a minute. And oh, then you get those, so good. Those this is, drums. This is actually this is, one of my favorite Nine Inch Nails yeah, songs. Though. This is an example. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. this is my example of why I love this era of Nine Inch Nails. Is just there's so much noise sampling that I mean, some might argue too much, but I, I just love how the samples are as important as the guitar and the synth and, and all that. And it's just everything's covered in samples. I, 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 I love it. Well, I mean, if you. As you're listening to this song, um, it's just everything is layered. First, the drums come in, and it's just like bom, 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 bom. Right. those drums aren't messing around. Those drums are not messing around. Like, and then uh, then the synth part, and then the like delicate Basin. little uh, guitar like plink, like plinking like yeah, and it just layers and then, layers and layers. Bow, 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 bow. That right. little weird guitar sound. Right. It's a. Uh, it's very. It actually reminds me of some of my favorite Mogwai songs. Yeah, the building. That's right. And the building, and the building. And the vocals don't come until they absolutely have to, when it's just huge. But when the right. no, but no, but when the vocals do come in, it happens. The vocals do the lift. Oh, that's right. They come in quiet. Yeah. Right. It kind of sounds. The neat part about that, I was thinking about today, is the, the spoken word vocal part, and it sounds like somebody's kind of shaking a box of like silverware. Is the percussion? Yeah, that's right. That's a really that, good way to describe yeah. it. If you listen to just that part, it sounds like the first. Uh, like if you're to go back and figure out where did they start to become the Nine Nails that did the fragile, right. you could think of it right there. There's like this weird kind of blue man groupy yeah. uh, percussion going on. Yeah, and then uh, um, he goes through his little thing. And it needs you, find you, fuck you, erase you, and then uh, well those broken guitars come in, and it's just the most chunky. Chunk 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 ch
you know, one of my favorite tracks off there, not to get ahead of myself, is Just Like You Imagined. And this one kind of feels like it could be a, uh, a cousin of it, you yeah. know? Yeah. I think that's going to be a good way to start describing some of these things that lead to other ones as cousins of other songs. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, no, I, so, do, I do love this song. This is, this is a great one. I mean, lyrically, like uh, I had said on the last attempt when we were going through this, but lyrically it's just in list mode, but um, as Eric will really get into it uh, <laughs> in his uh, dramatic three-act play, um, it does play a, a pretty pivotal role. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so up next, what do we got? Well, it goes into to Reptile. And I can't remember, do all these songs flow together? No, but the but uh, Warm Place to Eraser to Reptile absolutely do. Okay. Yeah. Reptile's a song that I never disliked, but I appreciate it much more as an adult than I did as a teenager. I uh, I think it has a really it has a strange pacing to it. It's kind of it's I wouldn't say it's groovy, but it, it's like a weird, dark, sexy song. Yeah, it's not exactly a rocker, you know. And it, it starts uh, the it definitely starts out like it sounds like uh, the Terminator's chasing you or something or lumbering forward. Yeah, yeah, they, right. They, they go like all in on the hydraulic lift mm-hmm. industrial kind of like machine sound that's making the the beat which would end up becoming kind of a cliche in the genre but I, I it's done so well in the song um <clears throat> i mean when i first heard this record uh i remember not being so uh impressed with this particular song um it's it's a, a grower though it's, it's a grower yeah absolutely it's the it's the chorus and all the production that is going on on this particular song but you know when i first heard it uh, and you had mentioned this on the last episode, Stephen, when the March of the Pigs single came out, there was a remix of this particular song. Mm-hmm. And so if you were that Nine Inch Nails super fan who first heard this and then heard this, um, it'd be uh, a little different to understand, like, well, which is the, the the right version? I mean, you could tell it's a remix, but, yeah. but still... Um, I don't know. I, the uh, the lyric delivery on this particular song, it sounds a little, little whiny, little, well, that's little funny reminiscent, that, right? Because you know what it reminds me of a cousin of? What's that? It reminds me, this is the, if you listen to this song and you listen to No You Don't, they go along really well together. The smiling on his face yeah. is, yeah, it really kind of sounds that's a good call out. Yeah. reptile. Yeah, that's a really good call out. But I, I did, yeah, I, I, as I became a doll, I, I enjoyed this song more. And even, I think I mentioned that they did a weird thing at that Sacramento Aftershock show where the frail, which always goes into the wretched, went into reptile. And normally, if I were younger, I would have been like, oh my god, we're wasting a set list song on reptile. But in this case, it's like, oh, reptile, alright. I'll settle in for reptile. Yeah. I think I always have an affinity for this song. <clears throat> not to be, not to bring this up like I do every time, but when David Bowie and him played it together, at that show, at the, at the tour, and they went she back. He has the blood of reptiles. Yeah, and like just him, like they went back and forth on the lines in the song. But yeah, just his little addition, and they sing the they sang the hooks together. It was amazing. And I think I've that always kind of 
put rose-colored glasses on the song, but I, I think it's a great song. It, 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 there's a lot going on. Was, it, was the arrangement the same way it is, like here, or did they do it? Kind yeah, of but a they also had some of, style? They also had some of Bowie's musicians out there. All right. So it was a little bit beefed up, like musician-wise. Okay. Uh, but no, as far as like what they were doing, they were definitely going for the same dynamic as the original. Yeah. There's de- there's more bugs on this song, right? There's, there's something buzzing around in this. Yeah. Too. Yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I re- always remember it. It was probably just a rumor, but the, the, he had a sample guy that would just travel the country and with a little dat recorder <laughs> record bug sounds. You know, this is gonna, this is where this is where I'm sad if we lost if we lost the last episode. If we lost, I know I mentioned this in the last episode, so you might be hearing it twice now, or we never or it got dropped. But there was that Neurosis album by Tribes of New Rot. Oh, yeah, we, we did talk no, I, about I that. I think we yeah, got yeah. that. Is that on the earlier part That's there? on the earlier part. Okay. This is the era um, that, you know, you were talking about that everything sounds like it's covered in bugs, and then that's yeah. where that conversation yeah. starts. And, uh, yeah, Steve actually, yeah, that, yeah so that's right. is that talk still on tape? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was earlier. Oh, yeah, we got okay. that. Yeah. All right. All right. So well, yeah, the last 20 so minutes. Of, minute 20. But I will, <laughs> I will make sure that I do... Uh, I didn't get a chance to bring up this song has awesome Trent Reznor scatting in it. Towards the right. end there, buried in the Wow da da do da do da Oh that's right. I'm usually a whole scatting. Especially every time Aerosmith comes on in the background. He's just going off. But he does some good scatting in uh in Heresy also. No, I'm trying to see here if we have any uh lyrics pulled up, but it doesn't look like we do. Um but yeah, that's oh, there that. we go. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So then we've got uh, the the title track. Got the title track, and um, this is for me um, one of the reasons why I wouldn't necessarily say it's a flawless album, um, but it's so over so quickly, and uh, it it's more fits the narrative as Eric will get into about <laughs> kind of why this song is on here. I don't really consider it a song. I consider it like, it's, like, like I it's a bridge between two yeah. songs. I look at it, I look at it similar to warm place, although warm place is much more effective, mm-hmm. but I do love the pulling back the closer melody because the guitar is doing the ending piano part to closer. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's the, uh, the downward spiral motif. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I think we, um, like, I, I, did we talk about it in Closer or during this that Filter does that also yes. on Short Bus? That's yeah. right. Yeah, we did We did cover that. Okay, yeah. on Gerbil. Uh, but anyways, um, it's so bringing that back in, and I, I, there's something I love about how when you listen to when it gets really loud in the background and the lyrics kind of come in, mm-hmm. um, you're not really supposed to hear the background. It's, it's turned down so low and it's so muffled that it's not as abrasive as it, but if you listen really closely to just when it gets loud you can tell like if you were there in the studio that would have been insane like those instruments are going nuts like it is just wailing yeah and there's something kind of cool about compressing that way down so it's almost just a texture yeah they do have a, a, a cool muffling effect on this song yeah I don't know I yeah. well like I mean the guitar in the song is awesome the that's that's good. Yeah, that's some good. I wouldn't chucky. There's some really. There's some actually on this and also on some of the songs on the remix albums. There's like some there's some riffage that you just assault. This definitely has one of them. Yeah, certainly. 
So the drummer on this particular song is the guy that uh, Trent used to play in Exotic Birds with, uh, and who also went on to be the drummer for, and kind of the main songwriter for Stabbing Westward. Really? Yeah. Uh, actually, this song has some cool drums on it. It's it's something complex, and it's mainly I think the way they mix it. Yeah. But the it kind of actually just mirrors the uh, the, the guitar riff. It's like bop 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 bop. Bop, 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 bop. But uh, the the filter they use on it is uh, it's good. I, mean, I like it. It's not. It's not. I mean, this song isn't. It's just. It's there. It's uh, I kind of wish that the uh, the title track of the album would be more grandiose. But maybe that's the point of it. The fact that it isn't. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm just looking at some of the lyrics, and uh, I mean, uh, in terms of the narrative, uh, as Eric blue in this world. As Eric will get into, and he'll kind of paint the picture a little bit better. Um, <laughs> the but, deepest shade of mushroom blue. Uh, apparently, there was a line that was changed on the final album cut, and problems do have solutions, you know. Like that's so <laughs> literal. <laughs> yeah, just, that's, that really does sound like a a teenager right now. Yeah, uh, yeah and I'm sure like. Uh, some film crime noir. Is this one of the ones that's still in the out al- the artwork though? If you read the art, like, the, the uh, they might, still- they might, okay. yeah, Because yeah. um, he he was good about that. He's like, you know what, it wasn't good enough for the cut, but I'll let you guys read my diary entries. Yeah, <laughs> these lyrics really sound like a like they're out of the the comic book of the crow. It's just <laughs> it's really yeah, bad. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean. <laughs> What Do you want to get into yeah. the third act play yeah. now? Okay, or? so I, I, I was thinking about this uh, the whole time I was listening to this album. I was like, okay, well, what? I've heard it's a it's a concept album. Is it just a concept album and theme? Probably. But my mind, if you've ever listened to Steve and I's Twin Peaks podcast, you know, <laughs> you know the, the fun for me is 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 digging digging and making a narrative when there doesn't need to be one. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. But <laughs> apparently there's a whole, uh, Mark was nice enough to share an entire Reddit page and I wasn't too far off. Um, but there's a Reddit page for everything. Yeah. But, uh, no, no, no. Reddit doesn't make it true. <laughs> no, it does not. Um, but, uh, I feel like, I mean, the, the, the easy thing is it's just an album about, about somebody killing themselves. Um, but, I I feel like there's something bigger going on, maybe something a little bit more evil, if that's a thing. Um, because okay, if you if you go through the first few tracks, uh, there's a lot of anger. You have Mr. Self Destructs. You already have somebody who is self destructive. With songs like Piggy, um, March of the Pigs, a few other things, his anger is pointed outwards. At I, and it, it, sometimes it feels like it's at one person. Sometimes it feels like it's at society. And it's those those songs, those little glimpses where it's about the world is where I think it's bigger than just uh, somebody broke his heart and he killed himself, which is which is the kind of an easy go to. Um, after you have all that anger pointed outwards, you have closer, which I mean. It's, I'm not going to say it's a positive song. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's a little bit of like a crazy person in love kind of song, but there is hope, even if it's twisted hope for somebody who's, who's losing their mind, you know, you get me closer to like, if there's, if there, you know, was anybody that was going to save this person from these violent thoughts he's having, it was this relationship. Um, clearly something goes wrong and we get into the middle section with Ruiner, um, 
I do not want this becoming big man with a gun where something's happened that, that, that so this would be the beginning of act two, right? Act two, the, um, the love, the, the hope for love is gone now. And especially in songs like Ruiner, like a lot of lyrics, like talking about kingdom of, you know, a fly, a kingdom of flies and all this kind of stuff. Like he's, he's thinking about doing big damage and he's thinking about expressing his anger, not just at himself, not just at the person that hurt him. Um, but you know, at the world and big man with a gun is as silly as that little song is. <laughs> well, I mean, with Big Man with a Gun, I mean, some of the stuff that I've read is that that's where he really crosses the line right. uh, by either committing some sort of heinous act, like either murder right. or rape. Right. And that's when things yeah. really start to... Yeah, or just decides he's going to do it. But And then Warm Place could either be looked at as, you know, the last moment of calm before he does it or the calm he's feeling while he's doing it, which is what I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. An eraser is who he is now. He's erasing. Um himself or what or Or all okay yeah and and because he goes back to he goes he says you and he says me so he's so he's racing you and then he's erasing himself uh reptile is a sister not a cousin sister song to closer yeah and i'll tell you kind of why i think so they're both i feel like love songs about the same person but while closer had hope Uh and love was still kind of a pretty thing it was gone now like that person is a disease, is an infected disease. In both songs, I mean, it's disgusting, but he refers to honey and hive. But it's a little bit That's the way true. he's using it in reptile. It's a little, it's 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 nastier. The 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 is it the romance. connotation for the vagina? Right, right. The, ro- <laughs> the romance you, is. How gone. have you gotten this far without your? Sean Hannity chart with all the you know, <laughs> I know. lines pointed everywhere. With His the, uh, <laughs> Charlie Day in the mailroom. Yeah. So anyways. Pepe yeah. Silvero or I'm, something. I'm done. I'm done. But Downward Spiral is, you know, the, the, the act, the, it's not just, I don't think it's just suicide. The act he's done to other people has been completed. And that brings us to Hurt where it's his kind of last moment where, you know. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily about suicide. I mean... The downward spiral of the title track is so literal that he's like, he tries to shoot himself. Maybe he misses? I don't know. I feel like Hurt, you know, if we were to comic book it up, uh, the narrative would be like, he he didn't die. But... I don't know. Like, if you would comic book it up, I'd still put probably the downward spiral to be the final song, because it sounds so final that the dude either commits suicide. That's the point of Hurt, is that after all the stuff... He says that he would do things differently in other... Like, I feel like Hurt's a song about trying to do things better one day. Right. I would right. almost flip-flop the two, though. Like, right. Hurt is him just basically saying that um, he's already gone past the point of no return. Um, and... Or, you know... <laughs> This is his ghost singing song. <laughs> I think it's you know? I think it's like the final thought. It, it it's that concept of like final regret or second guessing yourself. Well, you see, he's got an album called Hesitation Marks. Before doing uh-huh. Hesitation Marks are apparently I didn't know this till that album came out. Yeah, and they yeah. stand for exactly what the name is. So many of the ghosts just slit their wrists, but has, and they hesitate, right? And they have those scars there. Yeah, right. That's right. the idea that you know things yeah. went terribly wrong. They got as bad as possible. And then hurts the song. I imagine the guy like thinking to himself as he picks up the phone and calls the rehab center. I, I don't know. That, that's how I look at it. Right. No, I, I mean um, that's a good way. That's definitely a good way to look at it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a it's a solid it's a solid concept. It's a solid <laughs> uh, string of narrative in order to try to piece everything. I, together. I'm sure it's nonsense. It was just fun to do while I was listening to the album for like the 
the 500. I'm a sucker for concept (laughs) albums. Like when I was, you know, dissecting Pink Floyd's The Wall, you know, that has a kind of a similar narrative of a rock star um, losing his mind and then turns into this sort of fascist person Mm -hmm. and then causes this riot. Marilyn Manson spread that out over what? Four or five albums? That same concept? His is Triptych. We can get into that. (laughs) Three albums. Three albums. And apparently they're all... Uh, I've never really researched that. Yeah, yeah, if you want to get in some ridiculous uh, concepts and and trying to tie things together that aren't really there, they they even do it for you. There's some fans out there that apparently presented Marilyn Manson with their final track listing for the three albums, so that would be Antichrist Superstar, Mechanical Animals, and Hollywood, that tell the story. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't have time for that. (laughs) (laughs) So the next song, the the album closer is Hurt. Hurt. And so uh, this is a great song. I mean, they released a video. It was a live video on MTV. I remember them even... um, you know when they recorded promoting it, it, when they recorded it, they couldn't have thought this is a hit. No. But whoever decided, hey, you should release this as a single, is a genius. Yeah. Because it's not really a ballad. It's more just like a. It's just a, a maudlin little. Yeah, and it's relaxing it's, track. It's a different time. I mean, it was that's one year removed from when um, <clears throat> uh, Nirvana's "Unplugged All Apologies" was like a super hit. Yes. A super radio. That got so much radio play. No, definitely for the mid-90s, it makes sense that that could become such a big hit. Yeah. And this is always the the way, every time that I've seen Nine Inch Nails, I think, every time, but this is how they close the show. Yeah. Yeah, this is it. Um, no, that, that, go ahead. I spoke about this the last time. But when I saw them recently in Sacramento, they closed with it, and every, every, everybody always sings with that song. Yeah. But uh, I noticed that night that I just felt like the fact that it was a mixed crowd because it was a festival, but everybody was really into it still, yeah, made me happy. But also, it felt very, very cathartic because every other day we deal with some hellscape on the, you know, our yeah. our phones telling us that the, the leaders of the free world are lunatics are trying to take everything from us. So it's very relaxing to sing that song together with that field full of people. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a good a, closer. It's definitely sing along. Yeah. And there is that last glimmer of hope in this song, which is great. The million miles away lyric. Yeah, yeah, so good. Uh, the few parts in that song that always get me are the, uh, the, when the when the piano first plinks in. I love that. You know, the dun 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 dun. That, that part always gets me. Like, it moves me emotionally. You know? Yeah, no, it, it always brings up the goosebumps. Because uh, sometimes, you know, right when the song first starts, when I hear it live, when I've seen them live, I'm like, huh, I guess we could probably beat traffic. <laughs> but then, I don't, it's not like I hate this song, it's just I've heard it so many times, mm-hmm. and, uh, but as soon as he starts singing, it's just like, ah, it's a special moment, every every single time it gets me. Yeah. Every right. single time. I mean, we're not going to spend too much time on the other albums on this, but, because there's like a couple different versions of this that it showed up on the remix albums, and I yeah. think we were saying, we don't know the difference. <laughs> Obviously, right. there's a live one on one of the I photos. found, I could tell the difference today, I'll, I'll, I'll speak on about it. On one okay, of the, we'll the quiet, okay. oh wow, okay. all right. Yeah. But um, so this song was famously covered by Johnny Cash, um, right? His last album when he was alive. Yeah, was they really. I mean, they've, they've still got they still got stuff to this day they haven't released. Yeah, right. but uh, American Four was the last one, I believe. The man comes around. I think was the yeah. subtitle to that. It's a good album. It's so good. I mean, the the, the album's good and his version's good. Uh, Johnny Cash's version. Um, 
with the video accompaniment. Also, I think that was directed by Mark Romanek. Yeah. And well, they had a cameo myself. for June at the end there, right, just kind of like, the, and she died, she died like, died, a week like after the video exactly. Yeah, it was crazy. yeah I, I remember. I remember. Now that that particular his cover and like the I video, like it, it always gets me. Yeah, no, no, I, I think this is one of the few cases the where the the cover transcends the original the version a little bit. Yeah, I think like I both like him a lot, but that that his version it just because of where he was at the time. Johnny Cash. Right. I mean, he like, was, you, you think of that every time you listen to that song. I mean, yeah. and like, it's and that video really sticks with you. Sometimes God, you don't want a video yeah. to affect how you feel about a song. Yeah. But in that case, I think it's perfect. Well, and it's like the Nine Inch Nails one kind of fits into the narrative he's telling in that in that album. But when Johnny Cash did it, it's kind of for everybody. Right. Suddenly, you can get whatever you need out of that song. There's a part. There's a part towards the end where it's the, it's where everything's building up, and then the Johnny Cash version. I can't really like. On the Nice Nails version, it's the part where it goes bow, bow, bow. On the Jenna Cash version, I can't really tell you where that is audibly, but in the video, he's pouring wine all over the table, and it's just and it's a it's, big, all shaky. it's a flash montage too yeah. of like his career, and so you see a lot of when he was young and when he was uh, you know during the heyday of Johnny Cash. So just to kind of have that juxtaposition of when he looked young and healthy and he was vital to what he he looks very decrepit yeah. in that video I mean, yeah. oh when well, she yeah. yeah yeah when june carter died i remember it was i think it was thanksgiving of like 2003 or four and then i was like well he's not gonna be lasting much longer yeah, it was like three months later it might have been like less that. than that yeah God, it was it was fast Ooh. um but you know looking at that cover and in my research it looks like there's a few other folks that have covered this song um Peter Murphy, which I'm sure, I think when Peter Murphy did it, Trent was standing right next to him because oh, I yeah. remember when the, uh, Bauhaus yeah, yeah, because toured. They, yeah, they did some songs together. They and, did. Yeah. Hey, um, don't tell Heather this, but I'm not a Bauhaus fan. All right. Uh, I mean, Bella Lugosi is dead. I think it's still a solid song. That's right. song. Great song. Did you hear? Did song. you listen to that that Mike Patton band, Dead Cross? No, I haven't. It's sitting Just in my library. Listen so to I it. Listen to it. They do a version of that song. It's really good. Oh, okay. it's a solid album. It's it's good. Yeah, I just wasn't kind of in the mood for it because I know it's more that kind of gutter punk kind of style. Yeah, but it's little, I think it's, I think it's a little. It is it is an assault, but yeah. I think the the production is really crisp and I. It's not as uh, intense as you might think. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I need to get it back in, into that. But Aaron Lewis from <laughs> Stained? fucking Stained covered the song <laughs> oh, Seven Dust Orange. I might hunt the Seven Dust version down I have, I have no ill will towards Seven Dust they're, they're no, not good never listen to Breaking Seven Dust Benjamin. but they're not Breaking bad. Benjamin yeah. Under Oath I hope these were I don't just know who like, Matthew Good is I hope but. these were just like live like covers, I'm sure they are and not put on actual albums nah I, for some reason I feel like Aaron Lewis is probably oh, put I'm sure album. that there's a recording of that Under Oath was a really bad Christian hardcore band if I recall correctly. yeah that's right I think they were on <laughs> Eric you remember when I took you to see Norma Jean oh yeah at a church Zayo uh, yeah. was another one of those bands <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah Steve took me to a I like, stand by both those bands we got, went to a church just but it was like yeah <laughs> it was like in a Roseville Youth Center <laughs> yeah yeah my sister-in-law dated a guy who was that was his that favorite band uh, was Norm Jean. That's hopefully he grew up that. <laughs> and he was super Christian. Well, yeah. But yeah, uh, if he's out there listening, yeah. Hi, Brian. Name <laughs> <laughs> drop, man. Sweet. How do you feel about Roy Moore? <laughs> yeah, let's 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 really. It, uh, once we turn this into a Colin show, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd really like to hear some. Uh, so, so that's it. That's a downward spiral. Yep. That's, that's it. a downward spiral. That's so. Um, 
if we sound less enthused, it's not because we have cooled on it. It's just because we went over all this about two weeks ago. <laughs> all right. right. Let's, let's, one more time. Let's say how many how many inches of the nail. Uh, and what's your favorite song? So this for me, uh, this is a solid eight point five out of nine. Um, I may have even said nine out of nine last time, but I still I, I think it's an eight point five. All right. And your my favorite? favorite song on this record is probably Eraser. Okay. Yeah. It's good. It's damn good. Good yeah. choice. Nine out of nine. This is my favorite Nine Inch Nails album. Yeah. I get I get I get more out of every track than any other album, and I I like I like them all. Some of them I love, but this is this is my favorite. Yeah. No, it's it's a solid with, record. With Ruiner being my favorite song, and just it representing that Covered in Bugs production style of the era, uh, just awesome. And then that freaking Pink Floyd guitar <laughs> breakdown in the middle is <laughs> yeah. so good. Yeah. I think I, I've actually, I've lowered my score since we last spoke about it. I went from 8.5 to now it's a 7.75 nails. shit. Wow. All right. And that's only because I've been listening to a shit ton of Nine Inch Nails lately. And you got to leave room for some other great albums that, you know, they can't all be nine out of nines. They're all going so to yeah. hover towards the end of the spectrum. But. So Eric and I, uh, this is Mark speaking, uh, we are doing method on this. Yeah, yeah. So we haven't cheated ahead like our colleague over no here. No way, man. Yeah. So <laughs> you know how I get I get in mood like I know when I, you get if I listen to kicks. one band like if I listen to one album a lot I'm like oh fuck I gotta listen to some other that you know I gotta I gotta I gotta get into some other albums of yeah. theirs. I'm trying to put myself back to where you know when it was all that was available and I can listen to right. this and anything that was before. I'm the guy that if I'm gonna play Metal Gear three I gotta go back and play one and two every time. Oh, I'm gonna, I get it. If no, I'm gonna sit right down and there. listen to the Downward Spiral, I'm like, I need to listen to the other albums too because now I'm in the mood. So what um, you're saying, Stephen, is we need to turn these babies out maybe weekly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you you gotta know, keep up. You gotta keep the, up with me, man. With yeah. the chambers. Um, uh, yeah. Anyhow, but you know that also is good because there are these times where I'm like, you know what? On a later album, this reminded me of. That's how that helps me do that. Yeah. yeah. But um, closer is my favorite song. Which is just like, oh, really, Steve? But that's a great song. It's, it's it, a great song. You don't have to explain yourself. Sonically, yeah. just that, just the instrumentation of that song is uh, so like that's a song I can have on repeat for a long time. So good, and uh, I love Ruiner as well. Right. So, um, so now that thank you for. Can we take a little pause and save yeah, here? But but when we turn it back on, make sure it's recording. Oh yeah, we're gonna take a little break. Think, uh, enjoy the, the these these tunes. Uh, we'll be right back. For the sake of structure, I debated having Eric do his uh, what happened the year in thing at the start of the show, but we're going to stick even more to structure, which means we don't do that until we hit a new year. Yeah. And we are still in 1994. With the Closer singles. The Closer singles is Closer and Closer to God. Mm-hmm. Halo uh, 9. Halo mm-hmm. 9 is split amongst... Two vinyls think, or two CDs. I, I think when you get it now, it's all combined. Were there singles? Were there two singles? 
there was a single. It only had um, closer in the video version of. Mark there was a single. I bet Mark. Yeah. I bet Mark had some Nineteen Elves singles. I don't. Think I, I always have remember that no. from early websites wanting to find that somewhere, but um, but anyways, yeah. So the CD version has everything compiled, but initially when it came out, it came out as two. You would get the. Um, it was a two disc set. Of, it was a two disc set of of Closer, and the first side was the Closer single, mm-hmm. which had just Closer the album version and five remixes. And the second was Closer to God, which had the 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 remix of Closer that was so good it was his own goddamn song, and then three other remixes. So, uh, one thing that I uh, I've always really liked the cover art in this album. Yeah, and I always thought it was the guy that did the rest of them. Yeah, I thought it was Russell Mills, but it's not. Uh, apparently, it's a photographer named uh, Joseph Cutlass. Mm, really? Apparently, that sounds. I mean, it looks exactly like. It looks exactly like the other guy. Yeah, I would say. I don't know if they're from the same art studio or what, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like something yeah. you're gonna. It's like a centipede. Yeah, and uh, itself. Yeah, it's great. I might. You're my, gonna see a lot of those in our when we record the fragile episodes in my basement. So mm. get ready for that. Friend, friend, of, <laughs> friend of the show, uh, Greg Walgas used to have this T-shirt, the Closer to God T-shirt. So, really? Was, yeah. Did he get any comments from at school? I really for hope me. That's, yeah. that's an awesome. Show I hope we managed to, <laughs> we managed to bring up Greg in every episode. Yep. Oh, I got another one coming in just a minute, but about him. Oh, but, pace um, yourself. So we don't have to talk about closer again. That's track one, right? But on the closer side, the track two was closer deviation. If you guys don't mind, I just want to say this is my favorite. Hold on. No, no. Oh, sh- it's really closer is the final track. Oh, not on my, not on the. Yeah, not on mine. It's uh, track not on, one. Not on the uh, you got you got the combined one. Oh, okay. Yeah, the combined I, I, one is the final track. Yeah, no, I got. I'm talking about the UK okay. one right there. Anyways, well, we're we, in America. We talked about <laughs> we talked about closer, followed up by deviation, which is my favorite. And Jack Dangers from Meat Beat Manifesto remixes this bad boy, and it is a pretty wait a minute pretty little song. It's the one that sounds like hip hop. It sounds like a hip hop. It does. Game. And you know, I was telling you guys, I took notes. Yeah. Closer Deviation sounds like the Gorillas and is probably remixed by Dan the Automator or Me Beat Manifesto. Oh, boom. What's my note? You're right. You're right. <laughs> and it's a great remix. I really yeah, like it. Yeah, it is no, that Dan the Automator. No, these, these remixes are good. I, I Every one of them is worthwhile. Right. Like when I bought this album as a, a youth, yeah. not all of us appreciate a remix album as much as you Jack Dangerous. Yeah. So and uh, I felt like I, I got my $16 worth or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're all interesting in their own way. Uh, but yeah, I love Deviation. The next one's Further Away. Who does that one? Um, let me see. Further Away. Closer, Further Away. Was that Dave Ogilvy? Where are you? Dave Rave Ogilvy? No, Dave. no. Dave didn't do cl- a Closer remix. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Wait, what is he here? Preparation so, is lacking. I have to say, uh, yeah, it gets a little difficult trying to remember who remixed what, especially yeah. of the same thing. I think this one was done by, um, like, Trent and Company. Three, let's see. I think this one was done by Trent and Company on this Further one. Away. It was track, it was Bill Kennedy, Scott Humphrey, John Gitas Guto, Paul DeCarly, and Eric Claudex. Oh. How can that many people that... be touching this thing? <laughs> I, was this the song that started, um, was this the credit sequence? in seven or yeah. was that another one that was closer to god oh that was closer to god okay yeah see yeah there's it, yeah. It, it gets a little yeah. convoluted well but this one has this this one's cool this, this one has noisy. a really cool 
Which one? Closer, further away? Mm-hmm. We're on further away. It has a really... See, each one of these, even if the whole thing is kind of like, Jesus Christ, when's it going to end? Each one of them has like a section that I, I think makes it worth listening to. This one has the whole part where... The you can't have my isolation. There's a part where they like throw these Tron uh, vocal effects on it and it oh, bounces yeah. around the room. It's oh, like, yeah. Is that like the, vo- around, the vocal like, effects almost make any of these worth it. Like, is it around like 2 minutes 15? Or is it a little bit yeah. later in there? I like at 2.20 when the drums get bigger. If you're going to share it with everybody, it's around minute 3. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so that, that one's all right. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. The next one you were right, Dave Ogilvie did. Uh, Dave Ogilvie, who we didn't mention because he did one of the Marching Pigs. No, close to Precursor. Is that the one you guys have up on your uh, on your phones right now? No, we're talking about further away. away. Okay. Yeah. Closer, further away is the one that how like there's a section yeah. where the "You Can't Have My Isolation" part sounds like it's from the Michael Jackson Scream video, and I mean that in a good way. Yeah, that's a great video. <laughs> uh, further, uh, the next one, Precursor. That is Dave Ogilvy. And that is the one that I swear, rewatch seven, this no, is the credits. Once I hear that beginning, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Is that with so that, closer with that, uh, with that hi hat. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Because uh, it's all about like those weird photo- uh, photographs and like he's cutting up these like ransom notes. Yeah. And this is Dave, Dave Ogilvy. Who we didn't mention is like the unofficial like fourth or fifth member of Skinny Puppy, right? Like yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was all their stuff. Dave of, Ray the Ovi. That's right. Yeah, awesome. Closer precursor. Oh yeah, no, that one's uh, that is, you're right. You are right. It does have that like slow like. Yeah. This one's cool too. And it sounds it sounds quiet. like somebody tossed it underwater. It actually sounds like an Aphex Twin song. It parts. Yeah, kind of does. Yeah. See, I'm gonna in, skip around a little bit. Internal was the yeah. last one. Who did that one? Because that one's that one's probably my least one on this album. But uh, let's see, closer internal. I think that might have been uh, Trent and the Boys. Trent and the Boys, right? You don't like that one? Oh wait, no, I had this one confused. Yeah, no, this this one has some cool uh, drum and and instrumentation at about the halfway point. Oh, maybe not. No, wait, I'm still... The backwards guitar, the backwards, like, chainsaw guitar goes on in this song. It's good. Oh, no, man, this one's got... Track six. You know, Precursor... This is also Bill Kennedy. Okay. Yeah. It has some, like... Same guys that did Deviation. Right. No, Deviation was, uh, it was effective. Oh, yeah, uh, further away. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay, it's hard. In, it's internal hard. has some really good percussion. <laughs> I swear, like this is like doing a math problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just, just have one person do yeah. it and just call yeah. it a day. Good God, how many versions of Closer are we talking about right now? There's five on the first one, and then the sixth, debatably the best one, although I prefer Deviation, Closer to God is on the next single, which is where no, we're right now. Closer to God, though. Let's, 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 Could be let's, its own song. Let's give Closer to God its... It's okay. It's we've just discussed twenty-five versions of Closer, <laughs> yeah. and they all start to sound the same after a while. That's true. But Closer to God's own song. Yeah, they re-recorded new vocals, um, all new vocal tracks. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love this song. And it's great. It's, it's a completely it different out. song. They've they played it live before. I mean, yeah. that's how different it is. They've taken time to work this into the set. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that after playing Closer, you know, two times a day for. Ten years, they just busted this out, and I'd be excited to hear this live. It's oh really man, good. It's like really I'm, I, I'm just listening to a little bit of it right now, yeah, me too. and uh, yeah, this, 
It's got that great synth bass. What you feel like better, this, this version or the original? I like the original better. Yeah. This is like a completely different song. This song reminds me a lot. This sounds like a really good KMFDM version of a Nine Inch Nails song. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's like that, that mid-90s KMFDM that was good. If they were to have remixed closer, it would sound like this. And uh, like it has that chorus that instead of like I want to you know fuck you like an animal, it's just I wanna fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Just like an animal. It's making me get randy, chugga, chugga, baby. Chugga, chugga. I know. And it has the just like an animal. Chugga 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 chugga. It's got yeah. the oh, it's great. The chugging killer guitar. Yeah. There was a uh, there was good, man. I do go back and forth if I like it better than closer, but That's I think in the end closer wins. The only reason you say that though is because it's it's you've heard closer so much. Yeah, but no, it's true. But closer is amazing. Followed up by this is another Dave Ray Ogilvy remix. It's a Heresy, heresy? cover. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Now, this, this... Yeah, this one's actually Heresy Blind. Yeah. Uh, it, it's actually pretty good. It starts off really good. Um, how long is this thing, though? This is like a five-minute yeah, song, five-and-a-half-minute song. Some of these yeah. remixes sometimes really go a little No, the majority of them go too long. long. But this Debatable. is a good one. This Debatable. is a good remix. Now, this this remix, actually, I think I might like it better than the other one. Wow. Well, it's, it's uh, so good. And the things he does with... There's some weird, there's a, there's some vocal effects that just blow my mind. The fact that there's, there's more less, of a whisper, there's more it, of a, yeah, it kind of brings that demo feel that he had. There, there's less, uh, it's not as garbled, yeah. but it sounds like he's whispering. Yeah. And there's really like, there's some like driving guitars that aren't oppressive, where it sounds like a, like a tank's like lurching at you. Yeah. So it's, uh, no, I'm I on, dig it. Uh, yeah. uh, just midway through, like, yeah, the guitars just aren't uh, front and center like they are on the original, and it, it takes time to get there. One thing I think is cool is you can tell. Yeah, that's a good one. He's that's doing good... uh, live. Usually, okay. Usually, when people are remixing or doing electronic music, they have their beat kind of set, right? Yeah. He's doing live. The bass drum kicks are live. Like you can see, he's fucking with it as he's playing. Like, it, like it, it goes for a while, yeah. and then it goes. And, it, and it, it changes every time. Yeah. Uh, like, he's fucking with the bass drum, like, the entire song, which is really cool and totally unconventional as kind of music. Well, the, yeah. I really, like, it's got... It has a lot going on in on in, in it that I like. It sounds like the, the synth line... And I, I mentioned this before. Whenever Night's Nails busts out something that reminds me of Miami Vice, I love it. Yeah. yeah. And this definitely... The pace to this song sounds like it could be in the background of a chase in a Michael Mann movie, which yeah. I love. Yeah. yeah. And then the uh, the God is Dead chorus, mm -hmm. they throw this uh, orchestral effect on it, which just brings a whole new dimension to it. It's uh, can't wait to talk. I think, more, I think it's better than the original. Can't wait to talk about more about his work with Skinny Puppy in our uh, bonus episode. Yeah. Um, but anyways, this was followed up by Memorabilia, which, which is the only song you'll ever hear where which is too long. The only song you'll ever hear in the I opening and the opening a vocal sample that says, "What do your nipples look like?" But um, great song, great little song. I mean, so this is a cover of a uh, soft cell song, um, and apparently it includes audio samples that uh, it's a prank phone sex call. Oh, is that what's at the end there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, apparently there's video of the group of Nine Inch Nails um, listening to the prank call. Um, on that DVD ver uh, of Closure, the DVD version of Closure, not on the VHS. And I do have a uh, burned copy of that DVD version, so maybe before I, we record uh, the five-year gap, yeah. maybe I can pull that out. We yeah. can take a look at that. Okay. So, um, Have you guys listened to the original? 
I haven't. I, I have. I haven't. I I'm, just, a, I'm a soft self fan. I was, well, that, then you're gonna like what I for once. I will agree. <laughs> for once, <laughs> we agree most of the time. <laughs> but I usually like to not like things I know you like just to piss you off. Yeah, that's true. I checked the. I checked it out today. I pleasantly was surprised. I really enjoyed it. I soft self. They probably got some good songs. They were a synth pop, but they weren't afraid of like being a little silly, a little like grimy, mm-hmm. a little like darker tones every now and then. Uh, yeah. Funny enough, I, today I just listened to, just came up from Shuffle, the Die Krupps remix of uh, Tainted Love. <laughs> Tainted <laughs> Love. And Tainted Love is a great song. Tainted Love and uh, our friend of the show, Marilyn Manson, yes. you know, recorded that sure, one famously. for Not Another Teen Movie. Good right? God, there, there was a phase where he was, or they, he, they, yeah. early Marilyn Manson I consider a they, later Marilyn Manson I consider a he. Sure. Um, yeah. Became a cover band. They did cover. <laughs> I mean, it's about their the note for note remake. I mean, of Sweet Dreams was great. Jesus. Yeah. Sweet Dreams was great. That's what they got known for. And in the yeah. mid '90s, everybody did a cover song. It was a thing for a while there. Yeah. yeah. But um, if you can see uh, filters, one is a lonely sure. Seeker. Filter was famous. Yeah. Fil- covers on soundtracks. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, yeah. Tainted Love, uh, five to one. Uh, yeah. The theme song from Mash. Uh, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> they do Suicide is Painless. Yes, it has li- Here, Here's the theme for this episode. That also had lyrics. You didn't know that, did you? <laughs> suicide is Painless is the name of that song and it has lyrics. <laughs> that. Yeah, that's yeah. the name of the song is Suicide is Painless. Did you know that? There's actually, I had no there, idea. There's lyrics to it. Yeah. And like, let's all gather around the family. Years, so personal have some Jesus. Laughs. Yeah. Marilyn Manson probably release a covers album. Anyhow. Not as many they, laughs in the later years of Nash. <laughs> they, really? It got serious. It got turned into a drama. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, then didn't they. Did it really? Yeah. Well, I didn't then, know that. Then there was after Mash. Right. Um, <laughs> Listen, Mark, we got to. I know. <laughs> you know, Mash was not on my radar. I, I was a huge fan of like uh, 70s sitcoms. Like, uh, what, what year did Cheers come out? 1981? Like 81 or two. Oh, okay. So it wasn't quite in the. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I I, okay. I haven't watched a lot of Mash. I'm just aware. Oh, I'm just okay. aware. This is some, there's some funny pop culture trinkets in Mash. You no, know, we can do a Cheers podcast. <laughs> we could, probably um, could. Season two. I can do that effortlessly. <laughs> season Anyhow, two. this song's okay. It goes on forever. It goes uh, on we can, too. Long. We can go past. It goes this. on it, too. It's, long. Just, it's a good song. Go check out Soft Cell. If, if you're a Nine Inch Nails fan, you'll you'll find something. I will like say that for there. years, I thought it was a cover of a song by the band called Magazine. It's not. But Magazine is a good band. They do a song called Memorabilia? No, they're just a band called Magazine. I mixed, I transposed oh, them in my I head. Oh, I see, I see. All right, and then this followed up by March of the Fuckheads. Uh, talk and about going on for... Let's... Yeah, March of the Fuckheads is more like, that belongs on Fixed. March of the Fuckheads is a really cool beat uh, that repeats the entire thing, and there's a couple, like, bleeps and bleeps and synth work. Uh, but this is the kind of stuff you like for reading, right? This is your thing? Oh, probably, yeah. You I'm like you like kind of just stuff that goes on forever in the background? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine with I just it. have no patience for it. I wouldn't skip it if it came on shuffle. Yeah. I mean, I love electronic drone music, and I love... This is not as interesting yeah. as, like, say, an AFX twin or something. Yeah, I just... I, if something goes on forever, if it keeps me interested, then I'm there for it. Four minutes and 43 seconds. Yeah, that feels like 45. Well, it really and to does. be fair, there's no changes. It's, it's, this, it's actually a really yeah. cool industrial beat, and if they would have made added some changes to it and actually some dynamics to the song, it might be cooler, but it's just the same... Four by four beat for four minutes and forty three seconds with and then the synth work on top is just it's it's not actually like synth work it's like there's like it's yeah no it's just kind of like it's like improv like tinkering it's not good yeah not a great this is this would go down on my on my bottom of the barrel nine snail songs 
So that, belo- it belongs on remix.nin.com and nowhere else. <laughs> right. It was Adrian Sherwood that did that one, apparently. And they've never played this song live. No. Yeah, and they <laughs> should. Shame. Okay. And, like, I mean, the guy that uh, did this, he did a lot of the garbage. Oh, the early uh, down in it. And, and, he, sins, did, and yeah. uh, he did the happiness and slavery off of Fixed. So, yeah, I don't know how long him and Trent worked together. But you know what, that, speak, before, I, I think... But. This guy almost deserves his own episode, and I got to bring it up, bring him up before I forget. Talking about how obnoxious Adrian Sherwood remixes are. One guy who's like the the lost member of Nine Inch Nails that I realize is on everything is Alan Mulder. Right? Yeah, he's yeah. on everything. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. he's helped record everything. He's helped yeah. write so much of it. Like yeah. when Flood went away, Alan Mulder's still in the band. Basically, yeah. yeah. The reason the Icarus Line guy became the guitar player is because Alan Mulder produced the Icarus Line out. That's album. right. Mm. Yeah, I saw. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, no, I always see. Yeah, I always remember seeing his name. He's he's on he's on everything. When you read about all the fragile reworking they did, Trent and Alan Mulder worked on it together for years. Yeah, like as a lo- as a labor of love. That's yeah. That's actually a really good point. Yeah. You know, he's kind of like his brain. You know, at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. He's but all now the, it's all about him and just Atticus Ross. But Alan Mulder's still in the. Is he still in the yeah, he's still, okay. he's still in one of the engineers. That's good. That's good because I do like what he's doing with Atticus. But we'll that's for a yeah. later episode. Um, all right, well, so that's Halo 9. Yeah. And so now we'll get into Halo 10, which is uh, 1995. But and if we're going we do, to 1995, we need to figure out what else was happening in 1995. And uh, to do that, we've got the professor of pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> Who's it's right. furiously looking on his phone right now. The honcho, yes. What would have happened in the 1995? The honcho of headlines. Guys, the most important thing politically that happened in 1995 was while visiting Washington, D.C. Hold on, hold on. Oh, God damn it. You and you're always interrupting me when I'm on momentum. All right, what? In the year 2052, mm-hmm. if, if Earth still exists. If it's not looking so good. If someone's doing a Nigel Nails podcast, if we're still doing this podcast, and you were to go... Oh, some important things that happened politically in 2017. Oh shit! Like imagine, imagine yeah. how long that. Was. How would you distill it down just he to would like just scroll, two scroll. or three? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Garbage fire, garbage yeah. fire. Um, while visiting Washington D.C., Russian President Boris Yeltsin was found on Pennsylvania Avenue, drunk in his underwear, trying to hail a cab to find a pizza. That's wow! I see. I long for the days when that was the most nefarious yeah. thing the Russians yeah, did. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that's quaint. Yeah. yeah. Oh, those Russians. It's like a y- Yakov Smirnov. Like, in Russia, <laughs> ambassador drives you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really crazy one. The Chinese government kidnapped a six-year-old Tibetan boy called the Panchen Lama and replaced him with a Han Chinese fake Panchen. Uh, I guess is what that stands for. Uh, the Panchen Lama is in charge of choosing the next Dalai Lama. So the Chinese basically kidnapped a Tibetan boy who was going to pick the next Dalai Lama and replaced him with a, with a mole, which is crazy. <laughs> That's a crazy story. Uh, the Atlantic Braves won the World Series. Did they ever find him? Uh, nope. That never was found in the Braves' heyday, too, never, I think. They never found him. Yes, the Braves won the World Series. The mm-hmm. Niners. Niners won the Super Bowl. All right. I don't remember that. Niners won the Super Bowl that year. Um, sex Symbols. Jillian Anderson, Pamela Anderson. Uh, Drew Barrymore. Nothing changed in a year. Nope, yeah. nothing changed in a year. Let's see if there's any new names. Catherine Zeta-Jones popped up for the first time. Ooh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. There you go. Uma what Thurman popped up. What was it that up. did it, though? 95? 
95. Come see me in my new film, Entrapment, <laughs> with <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones. Uh, some uh, big quotes this year. Uh, Houston, we have a problem, of course. No soup for you. Um, well, soup Nazi. Newt you know, Nazis are in vogue right now. Yeah. Maybe you should come back. Newt Gingrich was Man of the Year in 1995. Newt Gingrich? The, yeah, for, for Time Magazine. For cancer-ridden wife? Time Magazine, Yeah. Yeah. The fact that he could get it, but Trump never will, must just piss Trump off. It's insane. Yeah. That's a, that's yeah. a, that's a low bar to clear. Hitler yeah. and New Gingrich. I mean, come on. I know. Both are garbage people. Hitler probably just a little bit more. I'm hoping that this year it's either Colin Kaepernick or women striking back or something to that effect. Right. Just well, to... the time person of the year? Yeah. Yeah, I've who ne- was it? I've never cared who it is until the fact that it pissed off the, the president that he's not going to be it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, all right, Some Marlon Brando. <laughs> Marlon Brando showed up on Larry King Live and and gave Larry an open mouth kiss. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Was he uh, promoting Island of Doctor Moreau? Uh, right. Yeah. That, that would have been right. That would have been absolutely, absolutely right. Apparently, yeah. He uh, he's a monster on the set of that movie. Oh, God, yeah. I know. Like. <laughs> There's some stories. Yeah, about he had that. like 40 yeah. pizzas a day in his trailer. Um, okay, miss, this is the year that Mississippi finally ratified the 13th Amendment. And the 13th Amendment. Slavery. Oh, abolishing yeah. slavery. 1995, friends. Oh. Where oh. things are going, they're probably due to re ratify it. Yeah. <laughs> this is where uh, Superman uh, was paralyzed. Super bummer. Oh, um, uh, yeah, that's right. We lost uh, Jer Bear Garcia, and uh, Selena was killed by the president of her fan club. Oh, yeah. You know, I, uh... Where were you in 95? Well, further down the spiral, I don't remember what I was doing. I think it was, I think my my family had an 8th grade graduate... What, what year did we start? Yeah, school? yeah, 96 is... Uh, no, I think uh, fall of 95. Yeah, okay. that's when we started, yeah. When did this come out? Uh, this came out uh, June 1st. So, this just lines up acor- accordingly. I got this album, and my family had a 8th grade graduation party for me. And I just sat in my uncle, as my grandparents' house, I just sat in my uncle's room and listened to this on repeat while my family celebrated me graduating eighth grade. That was, I was really becoming a very social young man then. Mm. Wow. <laughs> That's how I remember this album. That's something else, Family man. event, Steve would rather stay in a room and listen to it. Family event in my name. Not I a got, lot. I got, I got better. Not a lot of interesting things, uh... To, to really say about this month and unfortunately that's true uh, OJ Trial of course um, Doom was the yeah. biggest selling video game it's a great video game it is it's fun Doom or I had a, I had a John friend. Carmack will come up again on this podcast all he did was uh, I had a friend who just smoked weed all day and just played Doom that's yeah. what we did after school I didn't smoke weed with him I was just like alright man yeah let's do it this is fun yeah um, yeah, so that's the biggest that's the biggest thing I got for you. But uh, if you want to know about movies, uh, top ten, Toy Story. Yeah, it's solid. Yeah. Movie makes me cry still. Batman Forever. All of them. All the goddamn Toy Story movies. Toy Story 3, man. Yeah. Ooh, once you have kids, it's like those movies yeah. reboot you. Yeah. And you yeah. can't yeah. hold them together in any of them. I can't. I can't. Any, uh, ba- uh, Batman Forever. No, no it's Oof, terrible. Bad. But Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me. <laughs> All right, you two. <laughs> Uh, it's a good it's song. It's a good song. No, a good it's song. Not. This is this is a Mac first. Fisto. This is the first year you're going to see a big dive in quality of our best movies of the year. Uh, Apollo 13. That's a good one. That's it's a good pretty one. good. Run Howard. Pocahontas. 
Yeah, it was okay. Never liked it. Fun fact, there was going to be a side character named Red, Red Feather. It was a ch- talking chicken voiced by John Candy, but he died to this uh, character. But that's the Elizabeth Warren story, right? <laughs> uh, uh, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. Terrible sequel. Did you guys see, did you guys see that... Uh, so, yeah. They... The president has code breakers, Nav- Navajo code breakers. No, I saw it. Yeah, into we, the White House. Yeah, yeah. And he brings up the Pocahontas thing. Yeah. Oh, I Everybody saw says, it. that's disrespectful. You're an asshole. And then two days later, his idiot son, the stupider one, Eric Trump, yeah. jumps on Twitter and says, well, this is hypocritical. How is everybody pissed off about us saying Hope Pocahontas when there's an ABC Disney-owned movie called Pocahontas? Yeah, he doesn't, it's, he doesn't, uh, doesn't the, get the it. logic is there. He doesn't I know. Get it. <laughs> yeah, Goldeneye, best of the Brosnan Bond movies, the oh. only good one. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. The uh, other three are terrible. Dino terrible. Day. They're all. T- they're, the rest are terrible. Jumanji. Oh man, see, listen, Casper. Like Jumanji. Jumanji's okay. Seven. What year is it? Hey, so seven. Seven's a great movie. Seven's well, good. I just don't ever want to watch it again, but. What's right. in the box? I can't, I can't watch the Kevin Spacey thing. No. Oh, I know. I'm man. never gonna like. This is very selfish of me. I wish I would have saw Baby Driver because I, I, I have. I know. I kept meaning to. I'm like, I don't want to watch that now. So now I'm gonna have to power through it because I like John Hamm. I like Edgar Wright a lot, and I've heard it's a good movie. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, I'm still gonna watch the stuff. Um, I mean, like, listen. I will, but I don't want to. Yeah. No, it's fair enough. Um, Seven also had David Bowie's song, uh, Heart's Filthy Lesson, as the end Heart's Filthy did. Lesson. Yeah, yeah. Falls upon death. That's a good song. I mean, this is the year that uh, him and TR decided to yeah. hook their wagons We'll together. be talking about that in the next episode. Is the Heart's Filthy Lesson, did they play that live together? No. Uh, no. They, they, they he he played Hollow, it at the show, but... They did Hollow Space Boy. They did Hello Space Boy, and they did, and they did uh, yeah, Scary Monsters. Moon dust will cover you. Mm. Fucking, when Mark and I lived together, and I was a weird 22-year-old or whatever. Oh, yeah. I wrote Moon wrote dust that will cover you over the door. Over the door mantle. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, Die Hard with the Vengeance was 10 with a bullet. Um, top show was ER. And the top song was... We could do a George Clooney cast. Ina Kamosi's sure. Here Comes the Hot Stepper. Ugh. Oh man, <laughs> things were looking dire. All right, all right, guys, that's that year. Uh, Steve already told us where he was in 1995, sitting in his room listening to further. My grandmother at my grandmother's house, my uncle's bedroom. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I was in, like never been thicker into Nine Inch Nails. Um, like I said I had picked up picked up Pretty Hate Machine and Broken uh, after Broken had come out, and then for my birthday. Uh, friend of the show, Greg Walgast, bought me a used copy of Downward Spiral, but he bought the used ones. He could take the print rental advisory sticker off, so I was allowed to have it. It's a great friend. It's a great friend. So I had that, and then I was jazzed. And as soon as this came out, I did a bunch of chores for like a month and then bought it. Uh, I didn't get allowance, so I had to do a lot of chores to buy it. Um, And, uh, you know, opened up my... uh, Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it in a minute, but yeah. This is uh, the year that I, I was... This is the summer that I was getting into Nine Inch Nails. Uh, I mean, this is when I first heard Pretty Hate Machine and then uh, really fell down the uh, the rabbit hole and just started collecting everything. And it fell further down the spiral. I fell further down the spiral. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, And I started, uh, I was hanging out with some friends that worked at a record store and we were up to no good. That's all I have to say. That's how I got my collection. And, uh, So yeah, we can, after the break, we'll go ahead and dive into 
uh, the remix album of Further Down the Spiral, even though it's largely a Mr. Self-Destruct remix album. We'll have you out of here in about 10, 15 minutes. Exactly. (laughs) Stay tuned. One one exciting thing about about this album was uh, that I think it was the first Nine Inch Nails release since I got into them that came out while I was into them. If that makes sense, like the other ones, like I, I got into they 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 came out. Everything I got into already existed. Right. In this case, I was able to anticipate this being released. Yeah. You know, yeah. not as much as the Fragile. That's a whole other story for another day. Like that was a whole. Part of my love for the Fragile, I think, has to do with the fact that that album, like the build-up to it, like I got to count down the days. But in this case, yeah, when I discovered this, everybody else was getting into it at the same time, so that was fun. Um, unfortunately, it's a remix album where like five of the songs sound exactly the same, and then three of the other ones aren't worth listening to. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure Eric likes it a lot. <laughs> it's not bad. I mean, it starts out uh, the a, the Rick Rubin Piggy remix. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So yeah, the, I actually like this better than the original Piggy. Oh, see, and I love the original Piggy. You keep, you're, you're saying that so. The, this one gets me pumped, man. At this, at, this, at this point, you're claiming that what's on your favorite album, you've already replaced two to three of the other songs with remixes from other albums. <laughs> but so <laughs> I just I don't I don't know if I trust you anymore. Are you guys uh, listening to a little bit of the Piggy? Nothing can stop me now. Yeah, I am. Yeah. So how it starts out though, it just said, yeah, like yeah, that's that, the thing that I'm just like. That, I'm really that, surprised that you say that this is... Like, yeah, I really like it. Yeah. Oh, it's obnoxious. I, I, I like the... Dun, 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 I like that little opening part. But then the 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 sliding back like a... Taking a bottle over a detuned guitar for five minutes. I just don't like it. Okay. Yeah, it, it, uh, the, the beginning sounds like some of the uh, Ruben Beastie Boys beats. Beastie Boys beats slowed down. A little bit. I almost wonder if he had an old drum sample that he used for that. Dave Navarro did the guitar. Uh, I, I imagine that Ruben was recording one hot minute for that one album that Dave Navarro was a was a guitarist for the Chili's. Yeah, that's right. The Chill the Chill the Chill Heads. Right. The Chill the, 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 the Heads. Yeah. Yeah. God. So he's like, hey, they want you to throw a little guitar down on uh, on Nine Inch Nails. I, I I love this. This this, this remix gets me pumped. And and the drums when it goes like drum and bass big on the choruses, I think it sounds great. Who's uh, who's the guy from Bark Market? David Sardi. David Sardi uh, is yeah yep yeah, he engineered this. He was Rick Rubin's like uh, right hand man and engineered until he became a producer in his own right and did started producing albums by like God Lives Underwater and stuff like that. And yeah, he was the lead singer and guitarist for Bark Market, which is an amazing, amazing little noisy rock band. Bark Market's a great band. Eric got me into Bark Market, and they're one of those bands that weird like. There's 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 some bands that for some reason Sacramento dudes love. Bark Market's one of them. Like all really? the, all the local uh, Sacramento bands from the late '90s, early aughts are all Bark Market fans. Well, and reason. David Sardi produced a few of them. Better there you go. So maybe no, he's like you should check out. <laughs> yeah. I subscribe to their whole catalog, and uh, even are they still in print? Because uh, oh. you know, they were out of print for a long yeah. time. That's why right. I never sold my CDs because. 
I, I knew that they were out of print. For, they, maybe they're on, I haven't even checked digital. Maybe Smells they're on like hell in here. Oh, yeah, Elrond. <laughs> they're good. I'll need oh. to check them out. You, you'll yeah. like them. Yeah. They're very, they're very much Jesus Lizard influenced. Okay. Yeah. Just chunky, weird time signatures. Uh, anyways, great yeah, song. And yeah, you know, the, I like this remix a lot. The, the part where it gets drum and bass is okay, but it's just, it just goes on forever. Like, how is it a four minute long song, but it feels like eight? Just Interesting. Too repetitive. Well, we can kind of just, why don't we just like clear out all these, the Mr. Self-Destruct remixes really quick. The only one that matters to me is part two. Is that the one where the guy falls down the stairs? No, part two is the... No, boom. that's the downward spiral. And it just has... It, part two has... Self-destruction part two. Yeah, part two is the one that just never like lets up. It's just a really good beat. And it's all the cool... Yeah, it's, and it's kind of... I'm pretty sure... It's, does it have a David Bowie sample in it? Like David Bowie talking in it at one point? I feel like it does. Self-destruction part two was not on the... Uh, Halo 10 V2, which was right. the uh, rest of the world. Right. USA got a different version of that, and uh, it was just on that one. It was not on the uh, the, the import version. Yeah, I, I I love part two. Part two, I've actually I, I actually have put on like like mix CDs for people before. Like I, I love part two. I mean, I'll give I'll give I'll give. One of the yeah, David Bowie sample right there. Yeah, yeah, and it's a, you, you can hear David Bowie saying something in the middle. Oh, you're right. He's yeah. like, one blue. looking so hard or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. One blue. Yeah, yeah. So Adrian Blue is the one doing all the shredding on those remixes. Yeah, yep. He sounds like it sounds like Slayer. I know it's an easy go-to until someone's shredding, but it really does sound like something. Well, it's those uh, high harmonics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. Anyways, I don't need to talk about the other ones. I love that one. The other ones range from interesting but noisy to lazy so and I'm that's right it's remix album and I'm saying that but that's my favorite self-destruct do you have anything to say about it Mark um ones? well so we've got the art of self-destruction part one self-destruction part two self-destruction final that's on the well, USA part, version yeah. oh yeah and part three is only on volume two and then part yeah. three is on the the import international right. version right um I, I honestly, I, I couldn't tell them apart. Oh, listen to part two. Let me, let's Jeez, listen to self-destruction final part like two. Long. Part three almost sounds exactly the same of part two. Part two and part three start the same, but part two stays good. Part three goes into some weird choppy stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's I, a, I just, I love it's a noisy two. song, so I'm sure Trent was just thinking to himself, yeah, we can probably fuck this one up, like, Eight times and right. Solid. There's a lot. Yeah, that's all I got to say about the self destruction ones. That's uh, that's more than enough. Yeah, downward so, spiral. I mean, cool. they did their biggest tour at that time was the self destruct tour. Right. So it makes sense that they would take that namesake and and make make something of it. Well, I will yeah. say when I when I saw them for with the, with David Bowie, they played this version of Piggy. They played the, instead of the original. They played really? the remix version, and it was great live. Absolutely. It was very very good. I would ask for my money back. Oh my god! <laughs> really? So then we've got the downward spiral parentheses, uh, parentheses the bottom, and so That's I have been. Coil, right? I don't know how I feel about this song. So uh, this is things the one everything's blue in this world. Right. I remember being over at Steve's house so. in Newcastle, listening to this, and when there's a part, um, it's about. 
a minute and 15 seconds into the song. When I first heard that, I was like, what is this? And every time that I hear this song, I always think of that stupid, stupid sample. But the rest of the remix, it actually is pretty neat. Yeah, I really like the rest of it. This is Coil. Okay. It's very much like (laughs) acid trip hop Ish, yeah, um, you it know, is. It is kind of like it something is. Matt there's Thomas like, would make us. There's no to. beat, but yeah. like, uh, but like uh, the synth is doing the rhythm, and it, and then the, the guitar. The, it's uh, not abrasive. The at downward all. spiral motif guitar. I actually, I I like this the part after he falls down the stairs. The the rest of the remix, I'm completely fine yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. in my alley. I, okay, yeah, I'll say. If you're gonna if you're gonna try to seek any of this out, on the further down the spiral, the uh, downward spiral, at the bottom, even though it's eight goddamn minutes long, it's it's worth listening to. All right, Steve. Next was uh, on the U.S. version was the hurt quiet yeah. version, and you said you figured out the difference. Okay, so I've uh, I've it's beleaguered and perplexed me all my life. What is the difference between Hurt Quiet and the Hurt right. Original? And I was listening to it today, and uh, so what I recently did is um, I was sailing, and I, I paid for all these albums in the past, but I was out sailing, and I caught a few uh, higher quality copies that were a FLAC files that I was able to rip and have, I don't know all the mumbo jumbo, but they sounded a lot better. And I was able to pick up stuff I haven't picked up before. This version of Hurt, um, the piano is much more subdued. And also the vocals are actually like they're, they're whispered a little bit more. And there's not any kind of weird digital effects on it. So it's like a warmer sound. Yeah, it's like, you know, on the other version of Hurt, there is some like digital decay in, in some right. parts. None of that's there. Okay. And uh, the drums aren't as abrasive. It literally is just, it's, it's just, it's not like they just turned it down. It's like everything... All the drums hit a little softer. The piano doesn't pound as loud. It's a little bit more like, like they're 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 not pounding the key. They're the piano. They're okay. lightly tapping it. All right. All right. It's not much of a difference. It's right there in the title. But if you listen to them side by side, you can tell. Okay. All right. Yeah, I never could tell. I still can't. I mean, the guitar sounds a little cleaner, but I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not... It's you have not a discerning year, my friend. Um, so then we've got the Eraser uh, Denial remix. and Realization. Eric, and, does that play into your three-act play at all? <laughs> he's denying and yeah. then he's realizing. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a moment of truth. Yeah. This The only thing that I really get out of this one is that there's just more churning guitars. There's no, like, build-up. It's just, just that guitar storm that happens in in the in the song there's this weird sample loop of like a guy screaming mm-hmm. oh yeah where the vocals seem to be like yeah so no, i'm having fun like, with your pitch fader on this album for a while and i i think it sounds cool but it's definitely a, i get the point song to where you're like okay that's enough eraser yeah. 
which is the kind of the theme of these remix albums to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, then after that, we've you know, got to say about that one. Um, one of my, I think this is my personal favorite off of this, and it has nothing even really to do with Nine Inch Nails. Trent Reznor had nothing to do with this. Um, it was done by Richard D. James, uh, otherwise known as Aphex Twin. And it's at the heart of it all. Oh yeah! Um, I awesome. I love this one. It's just got a mood. Um, I, just, I love FX Twin. This just turned me right. on. That. This, this turned this, me on. To yeah, FX this point. totally this did. Absolutely got me there. Yes, and that's why he did it. I mean, he put it on that remix for Cash album. Yeah. And that's you know. Yeah. I mean, in an interview, he said, "I don't know what song I was remixing, and I've never heard my remix, and I don't care to." <laughs> yeah. So this was initially so supposed good. to be a remix of a song, original song that was off of Downward Spiral, because it just sounds like a complete. Just well, the thing. interview is vague. Like you, at you, the, at you the he doesn't even remember if he. At heard the heart of the it all is. At the heart of it all is its own thing. It's, I don't think it has anything to do with No, it doesn't. Part. I don't think so. It's, but it sounds like it, it sounds like Terminator music. It sounds like it Terminator sounds like, music, yeah. Bong, 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 bong. It sounds like Old you're walking. Sense. Yeah, it sounds like a, you're, you're wandering through the uh, the, uh, the the industrial uh, lava factory. And it has it definitely has those. The... Yeah, it's, and, it's, it's great. In a way, it doesn't matter that it's not a Nine Inch Nails song because this is right when Trent was starting Nothing Records, which we'll talk about more in the bonus episode. But he was basically becoming a curator of kind of really cool, you know, electronic related. Yeah, I don't think he he ever did. did He ever put anything out by FX Twin? No, he did not. No, he did not. Yeah, but 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 he would have been right at home. Yeah, 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 he would have. But yeah, it's an awesome song. Yeah, this is. I would agree. This is a highlight for sure. Yeah, when when I first got this uh, particular remix album, like that was the one that perked my ears up everything yeah. else was kind of just noise but that was yeah. like oh this is something actually yeah. kind of interesting there is uh it's long it's like yeah, ambient but i don't get bored of it yeah. no like, it's yeah. like ambient yeah. industrial music well it changes there's dynamics right yeah, yeah. actually an afix will come back again on track 10 but anyways and I, I have a little story when we get to track 10 yeah track eight though we have so three. track eight is uh, Eraser Polite, which so silly. sounds like... Trent has a sense of humor, guys. How could you not even... Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned sense of humor because it sounds like a Weird Al Yankovic version of the Nice Nails song. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it sounds like it was recorded at a Renaissance yeah. Fair. The pan flute. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just... It's Gather around, brethren. It's the, it's the Eraser lyrics with, with which sounds like a polka keyboard. Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be a flute. It's like a, it's like a synth flute. It's... Yeah. Yeah. It's so uh, silly. So we'll just go ahead. Yeah. It's a minute fifteen of that, and it just kind of goes through his list. And but arguably, even in a minute and fifteen seconds of stupid Renfair music, that's still more more worthwhile than Big Man with a Gun. So okay. sure. <laughs> uh, Self destruction final. No, thank you. We're done. Very yeah, long. We've already discussed that. Ten, that's ten, ten minutes. minutes. And it's like they combine the other three into one song, and it goes on for way too long. Yeah, I mean. Mr. Self-Destruct, it's a good song, but it doesn't need to be remixed so many times. It did. It did had so many remixes. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, go ahead, Eric. So Beauty of Being Numb uh, starts as a Mr. Self-Destruct remix. The first bit of it is um, is sounds and noises from Mr. Self-Destruct, but it's mostly noise. And then it cuts to what sounds like synthy elevator music and you've got Aphex yeah. Twin's second con- contribution to the album. And it's great. Yeah, it definitely... It turns into something that you think you'd hear in the Lost Highway soundtrack. No, I love it. I mean, it's about a minute. It starts around like a minute 45 or something, and that's when you really get the 
like you're sitting in an elevator and uh, or witness a dentist office. Uh, it's, I really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I love it. But and the, it's only the, on the American version. The outro version of it goes into it, the outro has bits from Eraser. It does. As well, you're mm -hmm. right. So it is kind of a weird hybrid remix. But you know what's you know what's neat about those uh those AFX Twin songs is yeah they were on the the 26 remix for Cash. And I remember uh, years later, I was driving around with my friend, and we were listening to he actually I, I never listened to it before, but I knew it existed. Uh, Eric, you had a copy of uh, Ambient Works Volume Two in your car. Yep. Yeah. Do you remember uh, what what weekend that was? Oh shit. Oh, was it our? Was it our? Uh... It wasn't San Francisco. Oh no. Was it Pacifica? This, no. Or, this, or was this, it? Was it camping? This was worse than that. This oh. is a one-hour photo incident. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> we saw one-hour photo and. Well, uh, I saw one-hour photo. Well, I I remember it. I I, I got very drunk the night before and uh, <laughs> was still really really like. Unfortunately, it's happened a couple times. <laughs> In public, uh, uh, really sick the next day, and running I think, to the bathroom every five minutes to vomit. I think I only vomited twice during that movie, but I was in the bathroom and didn't vomit on you. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we listened to that album yeah, that weekend. That's right, that's right. Great, <laughs> great one. Well, hey, listen, when you're feeling hungover and you're in the theater and they do that damn roller coaster through the fucking uh, oh, through the refreshments, the, uh, through the concessions, <laughs> yeah, have yeah, some the, popcorn. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great movie though. Um, and then the last track is another remix of Eraser, Erased. Yeah, and I and out. listen, this one, this one is just like it's a couple of the musical elements repeated over and over, and then the yelling loop. Uh, it's just long. But I I don't know, like something about this one, like when I hear it, it's like I feel like even I will say this about even the worst songs on here. I think I listen to this a lot because really? every single one feels comfortable to me. Even if they are challenging songs, or even if they're not interesting, they all feel comfortable to me. So I have like, even the ones I haven't skipped over and not really talked about, I've got no ill will towards them. Doesn't need to be on here. No, not really. Did did I regret it at the time? No, I probably fucking loved it at the time. I, I clearly listened to this a lot. It's just too long. That's the thing. I mean, and Six like, minutes really, of that? Yeah, there's no reason for that. really ramp up that, mm, that humming. Yeah. And like yeah. that, to me, gets a little, little repetitive. Right. But what's more interesting is let's talk about the version two remixes. Like, okay, this is what I can't understand. They took out the best self-destruct remix, which is part two, but then also had two amazing Charlie Clauser remixes on the 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 UK, the, the volume two one that weren't on volume one. They could have just shaved off so much stuff on volume one and put those two yeah. on that and kept part two, and you would have had like a perfect album. Um, I mean, so the one that's on uh, the the import version, so we got the Heresy version, which is I like a lot. I love that. Yeah, I love that one. That one's really cool. Um, it, he's he's singing like Prince on this one. <laughs> yeah, the, the, um, the falsetto uh, harmonies and um, oh, it's just like dancey and the but the, the but the uh, the guitars are huge. It's it's great. I, I I love the the Heresy remix and Charlie Clauser would is he still mess with. True Reznor, or is, was that just a very limited window? Um, yeah, I mean, he, Charlie Clauser was working on, um, I mean, he was their touring uh, keyboardist for the Fragile Tour, so, right. Right. Um, yeah, he, he definitely was around. Yeah. Um, but I, I do love that version of that song, Yeah. Um, and it's got that sample, um, which I think it's a, uh, it's from a movie, let me see here, 
Do you believe in miracles? Not really. It's from uh, In Suburbia and Television Believers. Oh, okay. Know. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, from Religion in the Suburbs, which must have been a documentary or something. Yeah. Because at first you can hear a preacher kind of going crazy talking about Bible verses and fire and brimstone. Then you hear somebody say, do you believe in miracles? Yep. Not really. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Funny, I always thought it was Trent saying that. <laughs> It'd be kind of weird to put a sample of himself in an interview on a song. <laughs> and then the other version was uh, The Ruiner. Right. And that's also, it's it's got a real poppy beginning to that song. Yeah. And I, I actually prefer this over the original. Oh, Interesting. God. Interesting. <laughs> I do. I don't it agree with be you. better than the original. And it's, you know, I... I am, well, just that I'm intro. In, I'm sorry, but yeah. That intro's have, great. That intro's great. Yeah, it, it doesn't have the the cheesy guitar driven. There's this is more of a, about it. well. There's nothing cheesy about it, but this just seems to be more. It's more synth based. So this is the song that would be probably played in the clubs. Yeah, yeah, this would definitely be played in the clubs. But it's a great remix, and that bass line is so good. Um, yeah, it's 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 really it's really well done. The yeah, I I, I don't know. I really enjoy this this particular remix. Um, a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. So, it, it so strange they spread this out over two. Uh, you could have sliced off half of the first one. I mean, I, I'm saying that I love it all, but right. really, you could have you could have just taken off one or two tracks and put these on instead, and had an even better album, honestly. So that pretty much wraps up further down the spiral. Oh. Halo Ten. Um, oh yeah, so love it. <laughs> what did you enjoy better, uh, Stephen? Halo Nine or Halo Ten? That would be closer to God. Nine. Closer, better. Yeah. Yeah. I would actually Nine say has... closer has closer. I would agree. Less I mean, filler and yeah, it's got twelve versions of closer, but they all, you know, when we rattle off through all of them at the same time, you can't really tell the difference. But they, they, they distinguish themselves well enough from each other, I think. Don't forget, there's an amazing Reptile remix, right? No. No, that's not something else. But there's an amazing Hersey. Heresy remix. Hersey. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Like, um, Better cover it's up. a top up. Uh, it's a toss up. The song Closer to God. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Because yeah. the, the highs are as high for both of them for me. Right. Like, my favorite the song songs Closer on Further. To God and my is favorite. worth the price of admission for Closer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I happen to enjoy the beauty of being numb. Like, after the first minute and a half, yeah. and then uh, yeah. I like a lot. Of, I like a lot of further down this. Like I said, it's a comfortable, very comfortable. I, I like the the live version of of Hurt, which I think is only on actually the uh, the import version as well. Now is that from the video? Yeah, 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 yep. This one closure. Well, that pretty much wraps up this episode. Yeah, uh, of our pod like a whole. So when we get into it next time. There is going to be a pretty significant five-year gap between new material. And that means Trent kept himself busy with doing soundtracks. He scored a video game. He Uh, released a tour documentary. I'll be popping in for something called Remix Roundup. He remixed a lot of people's songs. And he was remixing people's songs. Uh, So stay tuned for all of that. Um... And if you uh, like what you've heard, please uh, hit a, a review for us. Um, we need them iTunes reviews. Them Do it. iTunes reviews. It. it helps. Follow us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash pod like a whole. We've been, we've, been, we've been posted on there. It's active, sort of. Exactly. We need some likes. Yeah, These the- two are better than I am. <laughs> um, and if you uh, want to find me, I'm at Marked on Twitter. 
Um, Eric, where can people find you if you wish to be found? Oh, uh, Eric Two Guns at Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Pod Like a Hole at Facebook. Uh, Trouble with Trivia, my other podcast at Facebook or iTunes. Yeah. Stephen E. Chambers at Twitter.com. Whatever that is. At Stephen E. Chambers. Stephen E. Chambers. Absolutely. And as always, uh, we thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. And That's right. eventually we will get Trent on this episode. Yeah. Or on this pod. Just working out some stuff with his with his people, with his schedule. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're working it out. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>